that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I was watching a documentary on YouTube videos about Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury was with the rock group Queen, and uh, he has actually had some songs that I like. And um, originally, Freddie Mercury was going to be, or training to be an opera singer. And actually, you can sort of pick up on some of that, his, his voice and some of his songs or music that... Uh, you know, the training of the voice, you can sort of pick up on that, some of that in his, his music, but Freddie Mercury was a homosexual and he died, I, f I forget the exact date of his death, but he died of AIDS. And um, in the interview, the story it was telling about, and I don't know who this one person was, but someone came to Freddie and it was in the 80s when a lot of the statistics were coming out about AIDS, the AIDS virus and HIV. And this one person came to Freddie and, and, and warned him and said, Freddie, you know, your lifestyle, don't you think you're taking a lot of risk with the type of life that you're living? I mean, there is a danger there that, you know, this, this could take you out or you could end up with some kind of disease. And in the interview, you know, Freddie's response was, well, you know, I'm not worried about that. I, I don't, you know, don't, don't bother me with that. And I was just sort of touched by that story that there was one person that came to Freddie who cared enough to warn him, maybe to correct him. And I only imagine how many fair weather friends Freddie had because, you know, when you're famous and when you're just loaded with money, Basically, your friends will tell you anything you want to hear, and they will never tell you anything, you know, they will never disagree with you on anything. And so I was touched by the story because there was one person that came to Freddie and cared enough to warn him about the lifestyle and the danger that he could end up dead, you know. And of course, it was, I think, two or three years later that Freddie did uh, pass on. Now, I was reading some statistics about the average lifespan of the homosexual, and actually some of these statistics you can get on the gay and lesbian website. Uh, I think they say age 40. The statistic I heard was 38, that the average life expectancy of a homosexual is 38 years old. I mean, think about it. We've got a, a, a group of people a community of people who are dying at age 38 years old. I once read a book that said life began at 40. And, uh, you know, and here's a community of people who, who are not even reaching that age of 40 when life truly begins. And I think it's sad. Now, also, I heard a statistic that said, this was by Shelby Lubin. Shelby Lubin was a uh, ex-porn star. She came out of that gross sin, and she's got a very good book, and I can't think of the name of the book, but she said the average life expectancy of people who are in the porn industry is also 38 years of age. They die at age 38. 
I mean, this is unreal. And because, because they are involved in similar, you know, deviant behavior of, of multiple partners, of oral sex, anal sex, you know, that's the kind of lifestyle that they live. And for that reason, their life expectancy is 38 years old. They're going to die very young, very young. Now, I want to tell you who I believe the real haters of the gay community, who they really are. Because a lot of times, someone like myself, if I speak out against, you know, homosexuality, and obviously I think that it's wrong and that it is a sin and that it is condemned by the Bible. And, uh, but when you do that, often people will say, well, you, you're a hater of the gay community. Uh, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. So I want to tell you who I think the real haters of the gay community, who they are. It is the people who, knowing these statistics, life, life expectancy for the gay community, 38 years, knowing those statistics, actually go ahead and encourage them, go ahead, have at it, practice your perversion. Here's a marriage license. Yeah, I know you're going to die at age 38, but I don't care. The real haters of the gay community are the ones who are actually encouraging them to continue their lifestyle. That's the real haters of the gay community. Let me tell you something. Just because someone promises you, promise you everything that you want, like a right to get married, just because someone is giving you or promising you everything that you think you want does not mean that they love you. And just because, now on the other side of the coin, is just because someone comes along and corrects you and tells you that you're wrong doesn't mean that they hate you, okay? In fact, often the people that come into our lives who care enough to correct us are actually the ones that love us the most. <clears throat> Proverbs 15 and verse 32 says this. It says, he that refuses instruction despises his own soul. Notice this, the person who refuses instruction despises or actually hates his own soul. I forget what the statistic said about uh, the high, I mean, it's off the chart, the suicide rate among the gay community. It's off the chart, it's way up there, the suicide rate. I, I wish I could think of what that statistic was, but it's, it's really much higher. And, and here's a verse that says, he that refuses instruction despises his own soul, but he that heareth reproof gets understanding. Now, I'm not sure how to say this, but whatever these, for a better word, bugs are that can be transmitted back and forth sexually, okay, whatever these bugs are, can be transmitted back and forth between husband and wife who are faithful in a relationship, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. But when you take, when you start transmitting these bugs with multiple partners, okay, this person, that person, this person, that, 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 you know, and all of this gets all mixed up. And then you, let's say, introduce things like, you know, oral sex, anal sex, into the picture. When all of that mix comes together, it leads to death or some disease you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. Now, I don't know why, but no one ever catches on to the fact that, wait a minute, 
Maybe there's a reason God said to be faithful to your wife. Maybe that's the reason he said to do it. To keep us safe, to keep us from dying at age 38, to keep us from living with a disease that's going to wreck and destroy your life. Proverbs 5 and verse 15 says this. It says, drink water out of your own cistern and running water from your own well. What's it talking about? It's talking about being faithful to your wife, being faithful to your husband. Verse 16, why, and I'm reading from God's Word translation, why should water flow out of your springs? Why should your streams flow into the streets? They should be yours alone, so do not share them with strangers. In other words, be faithful to your woman, be faithful to your husband. It's what this is saying. It says, continuing on in verse 18, Let your own fountains be blessed and enjoy the girl you married when you were young. Yeah, enjoy the woman that you married when you were young. Be faithful to her. Verse 19, A loving doe and a graceful deer. Always let her breast satisfy you. Yes, the Bible has the B word. Now, always let her breast satisfy you. Always be intoxicated with her love. I mean, that's a fascinating statement, to be like intoxicated, to be drunk with her love. Yes, the one that you married. Verse 20, why should you, my son, be intoxicated with an adulterous woman and fondle a loose woman's breast? Yeah, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Now, here's the thing that is important to understand. Homosexuality is a learned behavior. It really, it is a learned lifestyle. Now, okay, but now understand something else. Being faithful to your wife is a learned behavior. It is a learned lifestyle. If you think that in this ungodly culture, a culture that has rejected God entirely, that you're going to come into this world and you're going to get married and you're just going to automatically be faithful to your spouse. No. No, absolutely not. You've got to make decisions like, what kind of people do I hang out with? Who are my friends? You know, I mean, obviously, if you've got friends who are swapping wives, you're not going to be faithful to your wife. You've got to choose your friends. You've got to choose what you, who you let into your mind. You've got to choose what you watch on the Internet. You've got to choose what you watch on TV. You've got to avoid, you know, what I call women's pornography, soap operas. Yeah, if, I mean, if you just think it's naturally going to come about, faithfulness, you're kidding yourself. It is a learned behavior, okay? It's a, it's a learned lifestyle. Everything about you, good or bad, is a learned behavior. And, you know, every vice, everything that is destroying our lives, often comes easy, effortless, effortlessly, without forethought. Now, I didn't say that it's not a learned behavior. Even the things that come easy in our lives, often those are the things that are very easy to become behavior patterns because it's so easy to adapt them. It's like the smoker. The smoker doesn't think about, okay, this is going to kill me. There's no forethought. It's effortless. And those are the things that the behavior pattern, the things that are easy set up very quickly into behavior patterns. Question. Do you know what constitutes a marriage? 
I mean, I have a feeling that we are playing dumb as a society, and at a critical time like this, there is no time for us to be playing dumb as if we don't know. Now, the question is this, does God, does, does, does God know what constitutes a marriage? Well, of course, he's always known what constitutes a marriage. It's always been one man, one woman, you know, husband and a wife. They shall come together and, you know, reproduce. In fact, the Bible says this in Genesis 1 and verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him male and female. Notice that. He created them male and female. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, I want you to think about this. If God didn't know, if God would have played dumb, if God didn't know what constitutes a marriage, you wouldn't be here. You ever thought about that? I mean, that's, that's a strange concept to think. If God would have said, now, wait a minute, is it, is it what constitutes a marriage? Is it two men? Is it two women? No, 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 no God didn't play dumb. God said, okay, you got a man, you got a woman, genitals come together, and you know, a, a human being is reproduced, okay? That's what God said. But if, but if he hadn't known what constituted a marriage, you wouldn't be here. Now, if God knows what constitutes a marriage, why would a Christian not know? Why, why would a Christian not know what constitutes a marriage? Did you know that Obama claims to be a Christian? Yeah. It was funny because when asked about his faith, um, he said, which? <laughs> and, you know, referring to his Christian faith or his Muslim roots. So when asked about his faith, now imagine asking Moses or Jesus or somebody about, let me ask you about your faith, Lord. And he would say, uh, which? Uh, the faith I have of my father or the faith of Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, you know, uh, Hinduism, you know, wh what faith? I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Now, how can, can we be a Christian nation and not know what constitutes a marriage? I mean, the Bible is clear on this subject. In fact, common sense ought to be clear. You ought to be clear on this subject. You know, I'm going to tell you something that's going to offend a lot of people. But I'm good at that. Okay. All right. America has never been a Christian nation. Okay, now, we are, what we are is, we are a Christian professing nation. What does that mean? That means we say we're Christian. We write it on our dollar bills. It's in the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, things like that. We say, you know, lip, you know, hey, we're Christian. We're a Christian nation. Now, I admit, when I say America has never been a Christian nation, there was a time when we were closer to God than we are now, yeah, I understand that. I mean, shortly after World War II, when we had conquered our enemies, and there was an attitude, there was a totally different attitude back then, where we looked to God for help. Well, that's no longer there today, okay? We not only are we not looking to God, we, are, we have thrown God out, okay? So yeah, there was a time when we were closer to God, but we have never been this perfect, perfect, ideal Christian nation. That perfection has never existed, okay? So let's understand what we are. We are a Christian professing nation. We say that we're Christian. 
Now, how does a person claim to be a Christian and not know what constitutes a marriage? How, how, how is that possible? Now, here, here's, now, you can put this in your pipe and smoke it. If you don't know what constitutes a marriage, you're not a Christian. And that's my point. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you go to church six days a week and twice on Sunday. I don't care if you're the president of the United States of America. If you don't know what constitutes a marriage, you're not a Christian. It's just that simple. Okay, let's take a look at what does not, what does not constitute a marriage. And it's found in Romans 1 and verse 28. Okay. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Okay, what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with a group of people that simply do not like to acknowledge God. They don't like to retain God in their knowledge. They shut God out. They block God out. God is not a part of their lives. Okay. The, now, I want to focus on that. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, the God's Word translation says this, and it says, because they thought it was worthless to acknowledge God. Same verse, but a different translation. Because they thought it was worthless to acknowledge God. Yeah, I mean, this is the mindset. Why do I need God? I am, you know, I am this great, you know, human being with all of my glory and all of my intellectual glory. Who needs God in their life? God is a sign, if you need God, that's a sign that you're weak. That's how a lot of people look at it. You know, the fact that you're a Christian, people will look at you as, oh, those weak, no-brain Christians, you know, uh, but they need a God, okay? That's how a lot of people look at it. Now, okay, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now, I didn't say they couldn't call themselves Christians. Anybody can call himself a Christian. Any, any nation can be a professing Christian nation. I get they can just say, okay, I'm a Christian. All right, we're Christian. All right, Romans 1 and verse 28 says, another version, a Good News Bible says this, because those people refuse to keep in mind the true knowledge about God. Now, there is a true knowledge about God, and I would like to say that you're going to hear about that, and you're going to find that true knowledge of God in every church. Well, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, I tell you, our religion, we have adopted so many pagan practices. We have pagan holidays that are not in the Bible that we, in other words, man has chosen how he will worship God. It's like, God, I will worship you this way and you will like it. You know, I'm not getting your opinion on it. I'm just telling you, this is how I'm going to worship you. You know, we're going to put Halloween into the churches. Okay, God, this is how we will worship you. You know, it's, we have all of these pagan holidays that we have adapted, and a lot of this stuff, you're not going to learn the true God. Okay, you're not going to learn about the true God. Okay, here's a group of people. Because they refuse to keep in mind the true knowledge of God. Now, what happens to these people? Well, let's notice, drop back to verse 26. All right, these people that do not like to retain God in their knowledge, knowledge, this is what happens to them. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affection. All right, what is a vile affection? There are natural, wholesome, good affections, and then you have vile affection. And here's a group of people that God gives over to a vile affect, unnatural affections. All right, what is it? Well, let's continue on. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
all right, the natural use of a woman unto that which is against nature. What are we talking about here? We're talking about being a lesbian, okay? That's what we're talking about. All right, let's not be biased, though, toward the women. Let's take a look at what it says about the men. Verse 27, and likewise also the men, okay, here's the men, leaving the natural use of the woman. Now, question, why would you want to leave the natural use of the woman? I thought it was a wonderful thing. I thought it's how children come about. I thought that, that the act of making love was God ordained, God created, and that it's a wonderful thing to enjoy that bonds husband and wife together. All right, why would you want to leave the natural use of the woman? Let's continue on. Burned in their lusts one to another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. How is my question. Maybe a better question is why? How? Why? How does this come about? Because they did not retain God in their knowledge. The first step to this type of perversion is throwing God out of your intellect, of your mind. You just don't care about God. In fact, I, I heard I said, uh, it was one of the evolutionists that died, and I can't think of his name, but he admitted before his death that the reason he wanted to believe in evolution was because he didn't want to have anybody having authority over his sexual preferences. That's the reason he believed in evolution. He actually admitted that, and I can't think of the name of the guy, but anyway. So when we see a nation handing out marriage licenses to, gay, to the gay community, what we've got to realize is that it is a nation that professes to be Christian, but does not like to retain God in its knowledge. That's what you've got to realize. Now, listen to me. This is not a message condemning the gay community. It is a message, however, where I am condemning a nation that claims to be Christian. Okay? Let's understand. If we were a Christian nation, we would not be having this discussion, okay, of what constitutes a marriage. If we were a Christian nation, we wouldn't be having this discussion that we're having right now. And I don't know what it is, but a lot of Christians live in their glass cathedrals, and they see all of these things happening around them, and it's just like, well, let the world go to hell. I don't care. I'm saved, and I'm heaven-bound, or I'll be raptured away and escape all of this horror. Yeah, you keep believing that. You keep believing that. Now, how is it that we can have this uncaring attitude, you know, uh, with the sinner, you know. Listen, I do care about the gay community. I care enough about them to tell them that they're wrong and there is a way out of that, that they can change. I don't like the fact that their life expectancy is 38 years old. I have a feeling that some people just don't care. Oh, yeah, let them die. Well, look, I don't just have a feeling. I know a lot of people fit into that category where they just say, don't, I don't care, let them die, because the ones handing out the marriage licenses, the ones who are encouraging them to continue that behavior, are the ones who really are the real haters of the gay community. And, you know, and I know a lot of people can say, well, there's gonna, they're gonna, we're going to find a cure for AIDS or HIV. Well, 
Yeah, and that cure will come along about as quick as they have found a cure for cancer. My father died of pancreatic cancer, and I told someone, in his last stage of life, he wasted down to about 80 pounds. I said, he looks like an AIDS victim. And there are some similarities there between the two, HIV and cancer. But, you know, I, I hated to see that. I didn't want to see someone waste away. And neither do I want to see, you know, people who have chosen this perversion, homosexuality, I don't want to see them die at age 38. I think that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. I want to conclude with uh, Isaiah 59 verse 13. It says, we have rebelled and denied the Lord. All right, listen. Listen, all of you. Listen, Christians. This is where we're at. We have rebelled and denied the Lord. We have turned away from our God. Yes. We have spoken about oppression and revolt. We have conceived and uttered lies in our hearts. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far off. Truth has fallen in the streets and honesty can't come in. Truth is missing. Those who turn away from evil make themselves victims. Yeah, you speak out against evil, you turn away from evil and speak out against it, you will be victimized. The Lord sees it and he's angry because there is no justice. Listen, I want to conclude with this. When you sit there and don't tell a person the truth because you're afraid of how they might respond, then you have rejected that truth for them. And that's what's really in your Bible. Statistics say that 84% of Americans believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ, and 74% confess commitment to Him. Yet America continues the downward spiral towards corruption and immorality. Why has Christianity not worked? With each generation, we seem to go deeper and deeper into the sins that plague our society. In this publication, you will find many articles that will clearly answer the question, why religion will not save America. In the end, you may not like the answer, but the answer has always been there in the pages of your Bible. Order your free copy of Will Religion Save America? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 24151. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, 
Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.